It's Wednesday, January 21st. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Mark Reith, and joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio, Jason Moser, and making her Market Foolery debut from Stock Advisor, Sarah Huff. Hi, fools. Is this your debut, really? Yeah. First yes. time. No kidding, man. All right, uh, I feel pretty good about this, Hobbs. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make this happen. <laughs> you got the old veteran, Jason Moser. Well, and we and the do rookie. a lot together already. I mean, we do two minute drills yeah, up there for the Stock Advisor and we'll break oh okay, You guys weeks. are just a buddy cop movie hey, waiting to happen. You know, let's scoot a little bit closer. There you go. <laughs> Two of you. All right. Uh, we got plenty to talk about today. We're going to talk about energy stocks. We're going to talk about United Health Group's quarter. But we begin with the big story, and that's got to be Netflix. Man, they just crushed this report, Jason. Yeah, they really did. I mean, we were uh, talking about this earlier, Sarah, and I were. Uh, and, and I mean, it's it was hard to really find anything. Um, bad in the report. I mean, subs continue to grow, and mm-hmm. that's really the, that's that's the first thing we look to is just to make sure they're growing that subscriber base, and they are. Um, you know, it, it was noted in the letter that domestic subscribers is slowing down slightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, there was there was a question as to whether that was due to pr- price increases or was that something you know more more centered around like market saturation, and they they seem to think it's the latter mm-hmm. because they noticed that really the strong net ads were in lower income areas of the country meaning there was less price sensitivity right, right. i guess is their thinking there and um so so that's encouraging i mean i think the really the 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 thing that took us all by um at least a little by surprise <laughs> was was this uh take on on their uh global expansion plans to really uh be able to, they're going to be able to complete those global expansion plans within the next 2 years which i mean if you think about how fast they've they've you know how far they've come in so so short amount of time here uh, it's it's pretty amazing. I right. mean, for for a company that that was so reserved not that long ago mm-hmm. in, in really you know forecasting any global expansion plans and just talking about doing it very slow and methodically, man, they've really they've really flipped an overdrive here and. Um, you know they're going to spend to do it. I think maybe oh, that's yeah. that's the one thing that you could probably take out of this that you want to at least know is they plan on taking out another billion dollars in debt here to help mm-hmm. fund the content to continue expanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that's that's. Part of their model, right? I mean, they they keep this debt, you know, on and off the balance sheet because they have to fund that content, and they're getting into more of their own content, which is is proving out, uh, you know, for them as well. So I, the market obviously loves it. I think uh, I heard some concerns out there about, you know, global expansion and the fact that it was still on the whole unprofitable. Uh, I, yeah, I think that's a pretty short-sighted way to look at things. Right. I mean, right. I think that, uh, and they said they're going to be profitable by 2017. Right. I mean, that's the plan. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's it's you, you expand to more areas, you get more subscribers, they're able to leverage that content. You know, get yourself uh, you know profitable. And I mean, it it worked here domestically. There's no reason to to believe they won't be able to do it uh, internationally as well. And and they are doing it in pockets internationally already. It's right. just on the whole. Uh, it, it is. It's not profitable yet, but uh, an encouraging quarter indeed. Absolutely. And Amazon announced it's going to be releasing movies in theater. HBO Go is going to be a standalone service. Netflix is going to expand to 200 companies in the next year or so, or two years. Can anyone really catch up to Netflix at this point? I don't know. What do you think? Uh, it's looking tough right now. I mean, the fact that they're going to start just light speed expansion like Jason's been talking about. I mean, they're not even in Australia or New Zealand yet. Mm-hmm. That's next up on the on the block, but they still expect to have the whole world covered in the next two years. I just don't know if the other companies can keep that pace. Yeah, I think probably a good point to note, though, is that I don't they don't necessarily have to. I mean, if anything, you know, Netflix has done a great job sort of spearheading 
this movement and and showing that that the internet is is obviously the future and and the present of TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, they they don't have to really catch Netflix. I mean, they're just going to be, you know, a part of this movement. I mean, Amazon right. obviously does does many other things. Um, and I think it's impressive how how successful they've been with their content and uh, and HBO. You know, as an HBO subscriber, I mean, I, I certainly love it. Um, you know, I think that what what you're going to continue to see is is more offerings like this that will give consumers you know some interesting choices. Now, it will be interesting to see down the road how this all kind of shakes out hmm. because if you know you're on the one hand, you're talking about trying to get rid of your cable bill, right? But eventually, on the other hand, is it going to be something where you have to pay? You know, a a sum total that comes close to it to get kind of the same entertainment. Right. I don't know. I mean, that's 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 what we that's what we'll have to wait and see. Uh, you know, with more players out there, they'll be uh, bidding for content and trying to make content. So so content certainly is king, and mm. it will it will continue to be. I'm sure. Hey, speaking of content, Netflix had seven Golden Globe nominations last week, but more importantly, it's going to begin showing the interview on January 24th. <laughs> Are you guys going to watch? Uh, I don't think I'm going to watch right away. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll politely decline. I, it just oh, but really Kim Jong-un like or Il or whoever, ugh, I think he's missing out. I think you guys are missing out as well. I'm going to check it out. I just eh. binged on Orange is the New Black second season, so nice. Nice. that's, that's what I do. Excellent choice. All right, moving right along, United Health Group reported fourth quarter earnings this morning. Stock is up a bit today. Uh, Sarah, tell me what you saw. Well, there's some uh, mostly good, but there's also some reason to be a little bit uh, subdued, I guess. But the good part is that they beat on earnings and revenue. Mm. Uh, Their medical care ratio is about flat with last quarter. Um, It's down a little bit from the previous year's quarter, but for the year, it's up a little bit, up about 60 basis points, and they're expecting it to stay right in that range for 2015. Mm. Um, That's probably the most important metric we look at for United Healthcare, but... uh, they are having some um, difficulty with the uh, with Medicare and costs there. It's extremely expensive, and um, those costs keep you know they keep getting pressure there. Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, the number I saw was a billion dollars. It, it cut 2014 earnings by a billion dollars, or about one dollar per share. How does United Healthcare or United Health Group, excuse me, uh, deal with that? I guess. Well, so they're still able to uh, increase enrollees, and mm. that's huge to just bring in more um, people into the program. You always get cost savings there. They're also, you know, they're having a little bit of trouble recently on the commercial side, but mm. they're a smaller player in the the health exchanges. Um, they're in about twenty three of those. But they're expecting to ramp that up. They did get 400,000 enrollees from the health exchanges, but they're hoping to uh, ramp that up to over 500,000 this coming year. And um, But meanwhile, their other arm, their Optum subsidiary, which kind of does a lot of tech work um, in the healthcare field, that's just doing fantastic for them. Hmm. It was up, uh, revenue was up for Optum about 23% for the quarter and 25% for 2014. So there are a lot of um, ways for the overall company to kind of balance out those extra expenses. Right. I think they saw something too. I, mean, I only follow the company tangentially, but um I, did they make an acquisition or something to gain footing in Brazil? I think there was oh, yes. a tremendous mm-hmm. market opportunity there in Latin America, which uh, is really, I think, just kind of uh, getting underway. So, so certainly some some international uh, aspirations there as well. 
Nothing wrong with that. Sarah, what's the do you know the Brazil deal at all? I don't have the specific numbers in front of me, but yeah, they're they're definitely moving strongly into Brazil. And I think again, they're still trying to get their best footing to to ramp up the pace there, but they've made that that headway and it should be um really, really profitable for them in the future. Speaking of profitable, shares of UNH are up nearly fifty percent over the last twelve months. I this blew me away. That's that's I'm I was really surprised by this. Is it getting too expensive? Is it still a buy today? Well, I think if you're going with the Motley Fool's traditional three to five year outlook, I mean, it's still a buy on Stock Advisor's scorecard. But I also think even though it's shot up in the past year, we have a lot of room here with that commercial market. Um, the Optum business, again, all that technology is just uh, making a huge difference for United Health Group, but also for the, it could lead to the industry as a whole. So I think there's still a lot of reason to be optimistic. Okay. Um, Let's take a look now at a listener email we got the other day. This is from Jarrett E. Uh, He says, do you think it's a good time to start looking at oil or other commodity funds, ETFs? Also, what do you think about a Russian market ETF? I mean, I'm still 30 plus years from retirement. That could be an attractive investment, right? Uh, And I like this uh, from Charity. And by the way, if anyone else out there wants to drop us a line, you can do so at radio at fool.com. I like Jarrett's question because of the time frame in mind. Like you said, the classic three to five, that's the Motley Fool way. But 30 years from now... How are we going to look if, if I'm buying ExxonMobil today or just a, a commodity ETF and it's just energy has just been absolutely beaten down over this last year? Is this all going to come back in the next 30 years? Am I going to be just rolling in the dough, Jason? Well, I'd like to believe so, but um, you know, I rolling mean, in the oil. Yeah, exactly. I hope not. That's on, I mean, the, the problem there with with energy, you know, oil and natural gas, particularly, it's 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 obviously very cyclical. So mm. it's one of those it's one of those investments that you kind of have to you you're a little bit more active maybe with with those types of stocks than you are um, with other more you know traditional buy and, and hold type investments. Now, I would say that that his. His, uh, you know, idea there of of energy funds or ETFs. I think that's a great way to look at it because okay. that's a low cost way to get broad exposure um, and, and avoid, you know, some of that cyclicality. I mean, you can smooth that out and really, you know, holding that over time. I think I think that uh, yes, over the course of the next five, ten, fifteen, twenty years, uh, oil oil is not going away. I mean, right. I, I think certainly we're looking for uh, different, you know, alternatives, and obviously, alternative energy is becoming a, a big. Uh, Investing theme around here and elsewhere, uh, but but yeah, you want to buy these types of investments and buy into these types of funds when when the pessimism is high mm. and and it sounds like everything's falling off a cliff and and right now it, it does. Mm, now in regard to Russia, Pajolsta <laughs> jet. Oh God, you. Uh, he learned that watching Goldeneye. <laughs> Actually, you know, I, I lived in Kazakhstan for two years. So oh, la di da. All right, excuse anyway, me. Anyway, how do you say la di da in Russian? La di da. La di da. I don't know. Russia, as with any sort of foreign investment, I, I think, uh, you know, I take that kind of with a grain of salt because you're facing this, this geopolitical risk that is so uns. We just don't know how that shakes out, right? right? I mean, I don't know. What, do you have a. You have a Perspective on any of those foreign investments? I mean, not not a whole lot more than what you said, JMO. I just think uh, Russia just seems to every time it seems to start getting back on its feet, then something pops up. Right. So 
I'm not sure. And insider trading is still legal in Russia, if I'm not, yeah. I'm not mistaken. <laughs> well, always that's encouraging to, too. Right. Always something to keep in mind when investing in Russia. Sarah, what about uh, oil, ETFs, that sort of stuff? Well, I just wanted to see if you guys know, has, has the oil market right now fallen past what it was during the big oil spill in the Gulf several years ago? Because I know that was a fantastic buying opportunity. And I, I would think this would be the next best thing since that mm-hmm. um, for those oil companies. Uh, I'm not sure if it's past that yet or if it's it's uh, getting there. But I actually read the other day BP's lawyers are trying to reduce the fines because oil is at such a, a low price. It's tougher for BP to pay. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, you know, everybody's out there also talking about how now it's a great time to go buy another SUV because gas prices are so low. It's the same that, that's idiotic ridiculous. behavior that we saw. Like well, that's five great years long-term ago. thinking. Yeah, it's <laughs> just they, 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 you, know, you go buy the SUV, and in two years when gas prices are four or five bucks again, right. you know, they're going to be freaking out. Um, <laughs> I, I think that with with Russia or with any type of international investment exposure, I, I you know looking again at funds, I think is a great way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, is is there something in particular that's that's pointing you towards Russia, or is is it something where you're just looking for international exposure? Um, you know, one one other way I, I like to look at it, honestly, and, and it's a little bit of a, a less risky way to to look at it. But we have a lot of businesses here in the United States that trade on on our markets here mm. uh, that that make a lot of money internationally. They make right. they make the majority of the money, uh, you know, outside of the United States, and so that's a way to get some international exposure without actually having to really dip your toe into that geopolitical risk, so to speak. Mm. Uh, because because yeah, I mean, you open yourself up to just a tremendous amount of unknowns there uh, when you're talking about countries that are uh, you know less than democratic and, um, and and don't really seem like they're heading in that direction anytime real soon so so definitely be careful with those diversity is the key mm. uh, we we do have uh, you know we do have an epic voyage fund here with Motley Fool funds I think that does focus solely on on international investment exposure so that's something you could certainly look at if you go to fool.com and look at the fool uh, funds section there good shit, um, you could always have a Putin wall calendar you know the pictures of shirtless Putin if you need to have that that tie to Russia oh <laughs> wise words from both Jason and Sarah to wrap things up guys thanks for being here thank you thanks as always people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about and the motley fool may have formal recommendations for or against so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear that's it for this edition of market foolery the show is mixed by dan boyd i'm mark reef thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow